And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, hello to everyone. It is Wednesday, and we are going to talk about some of the fights coming up. We have got Bellator 293 coming up from the Pachanga Resort and Casino in Temecula, California. And we have on Saturday night, Game Bread Boxing, which has got some interesting matchups. We've got Anthony Pettis facing a legend in Roy Jones Jr. That's someone that you want to box, right, Josh? No. no. I didn't want to try to fight kids these days, let alone somebody like Roy Jones Jr. Like, I don't understand the urge, but whatever, man. I, you're, obviously, he's got to be getting paid pretty go, pretty well. I mean, a chance to fight a legend, bro. Like, I get it. I mean, I, uh, I, mean, I totally pass. get it. What I don't get are the people saying, oh, Anthony Pettis got a really good shot at beating him. Have you lost your mind? I'm, I'm not one of those guys, but. <laughs> I didn't say you were, but those people. But, Roy, but Roy's chin is not what Roy's chin yeah, used to be. Guess what? You have to touch Roy's yeah. chin. That's true. I yeah. mean. You know what? I mean, like he surprised me a lot when he fought Mike Tyson in the in the Triller fight, because I was expecting Mike to be able to really put him on his ass after a couple of big shots. Because Mike, he was able, he has that power, he was, but he was able to slow Mike down based upon knowing how to hold, knowing when to hold, knowing where to move, taking away some of his weapons. That's that's Roy Jones Jr. You're talking about one of the best goddamn boxers of all time. Phenomenal, phenomenal fighter. Uh, before we get started, obviously, we're going to get into this. Uh, WayneInMerch.com. Head up at WayneInMerch.com. Pick up some of our sweatshirts, hoodies, hats, all the things that are available. Look, a lot of short sleeve shirts are out. New brands. Or not new brands. New styles are out, I should say. Uh, and uh, check them out for the summer. For the summer. So check them on out. Check it all out. And also, we've got we've joined, obviously, as you guys all know, we've joined with OnlyFans. So OnlyFans.com slash WayneIn. It's free. Costs you nothing. Go over there, subscribe to our channel over there, and you guys can submit your fan questions. We're going to do a Talk lot of fan us. questions, I think, today. So we'll do some fan questions today that we had put up on our OnlyFans over there. Submit your fan questions on OnlyFans. Only on OnlyFans can you Ooh. submit your questions. Boom. So uh, check it out. Check us out over there. Um, we're going to go ahead and get jump. We're going to jump right into some of this uh, Bellator this weekend, and then we'll get into the Game Bread fights, and then we'll take some fan questions and uh, see if there's any news really kind of to talk about. What do Sounds you think? Good to me. Sounds good. Got, All right. In the main event of that Bellator, we've got Marcelo Gome versus Daniel James. Both guys in the heavyweight division, obviously, but Marcelo Gome is kind of that hybrid, a little bit bigger, probably two, kind of come in somewhere in the 250 pound mark, 248, 250 pounds. Daniel James is a monster. <laughs> We're talking Huge. about that old time big heavyweight a guy that loses weight to make that 265 pound limit he's going to come in somewhere at 266 265.8.9 and he's going to end up at 285 by the time that fight starts but he is a big man you you have stood next to him you've been in the room with him you've shaken his hand he is not a small individual and he's got skill yeah, if you if if we were to take a look at him, I think he's what six seven, six yeah, six, six seven, six. 
six, 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 seven, somewhere in there. But somewhere. he is a mountain of a man. Six, five. He says six, six five. five. I don't know. Yeah. I think he's pushing higher yeah, than that. He had, he, had, he had big shoes then. Yes. <laughs> but uh, I didn't know he was 41 years old. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. But again. But he's been fight. But again. Heavyweights can 41 at heavyweight. He yeah, 41 at heavyweight. I mean, like they could do it longer. Yeah. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of threats in you know and being and having to face well-rounded fighters in the heavyweight division. You're either a really good striker or you're a really good wrestler, but you're not really both of them. That's what I think makes guys like John Jones so spectacular. Guys like Cain Velasquez that were so good, but even Cain lacked the submission area department. You know, sure. uh, DC, DC the same thing. DC could wrestle the shit out of people and he could strike. Um, but submission game was also a little bit weak. I mean, a lot of the guys in the heavyweight division just lack that submission game. It's very rare to you find a really top level submission guy. Someone like Verdum, who later on had to develop his striking. Uh, Noguera, both the Noguera brothers, fantastic jiu-jitsu um, uh, practitioners, but their striking didn't come along until later on in the game. You know, they started training. I think it was the, with the Brazilian boxing team or Brazilian national that, team or boxing that was, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, Rogerio was the one that he really got into the stand-up game and was part of the Brazilian boxing team and everything. Yeah, he loved. He just basically turned from a grappler into a striker the whole time. Mm. You know, somewhere in his career, I can't say exactly what fight it was, but yeah, he just basically. I'll just throw the grappling to the side for the most part and work with a stand and trade. But again, yeah. that was kind of the downfall too because he got. Yeah. Knocked out by some guys like Anthony Rumble Johnson, you know. Mm. You can only strike so much, and you're going to get touched. Yeah. No, this is true. But then you look at guys like Daniel James, right? He's the size. He's not a slow guy either. He's got a little bit of pop oh. on him, some speed on him. And it's actually, I mean, after watching his fight with Tyrell Fortune, he's got he's got a little bit of a gas tank for being so big i was surprised yes, for does. him i was expecting him to to really after the two and a half three minute mark for him to be done and he he still had it he still had a lot of that left in the tank and his ability to stuff takedowns his ability to get and when he gets on top he does work and everything oh, yeah. he does seems like has a big impact on you like oh man if i drop my forearm on you it's gonna you're gonna really feel it here i am 295 285 295 <laughs> putting my weight on like, that's it's just insane to me to think that a guy that big can move that well. And he was able to stuff Tyrell Fortune's takedowns. Now, I don't know how Marcelo Gomes is going to get this fight to the ground. Well, I, I wouldn't you, suggest. I wouldn't suggest keeping it on the feet too long, though, either. You know, I think this, the way that Marcelo Gomes normally fights is he'll press you to the fence, he'll dirty box you, grind on you a little bit. Then he'll make some space, try to land some shots, try to get the takedown and control the top position. That's from what I've seen of him. I mean, are you thinking that there's any other way for him to win this fight outside of just trying to press Daniel James to the fence? And he's got to be on top. He cannot afford to be on bottom. No, he cannot be on the bottom. And it's, and it's a he's in a quandary, if you're going to ask me, as far as range-wise, he's going to have problems on the outside. Mm -hmm. Daniel James has got length on him, and he uses it fairly well. He's going to have problems in boxing range. He's going to have problems in the clinch. James is good in the clinch. He's nasty as far as the knees and the elbows he throws. So Marcelo has got to, he's got to shoot in and create the situation where he's in that moment of making James not become offensive. He's got to be defensive in stopping this takedown right now. But Daniel James got pretty good wrestling defenses. Mm -hmm. The guy that he's trained with most of the time, 
that's taught him his wrestling is Curtis Blades. You know, both guys from Chicago area, they hang out together, they train together, and Curtis Blades has done a good job with him as far as that defensive wrestling, and if he gets on top, you're in trouble. Yeah. I have not seen anyone, and I've watched at least 10 of his fights, I've not seen one person get up when he's on top unless the bell rang. So not an easy position to be in. You know, Not that Gon can't win it. He can definitely win this, but he's got to be in the top position, like you're saying. I don't think from the bottom it's possible he could catch an arm bar. I don't think he's going to be able to catch him in a triangle or something like that, but I'll tell you what, he's... Uh, Daniel James, for 41 years of age, you know, watching him in all his fights in ACA, ACB, you know, he's tough. He can fight. The yeah. dude is the real deal. And he's just becoming more confident with every fight because most of his losses were long ago. And the confidence is now there. He knows he can stop the takedown. He knows that if I get in the top position, I can damage you. I can make you pay. And... He gets there, and, man, he does it. So, Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I was very impressed when he fought uh, Tyrell Fortune. I, I mean, I, I know he had the crowd behind him, which now, this time, he will not have that crowd behind him. That's right. And he'll be fighting in Temecula, California, on the other side of the country. And so him coming from the, being from the Chicago area, he used to be the bodyguard for the, the famous rapper Twista. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's a big guy, man. And, he, and you know, it's funny. When we interviewed him, I was really surprised. He was so outgoing, so friendly, super nice. Yep. Um, all of those things didn't really have, didn't really seem to have a chip on his shoulder. He had a lot of confidence. And, um, and it came out in that cage. But I well, wonder how he's going to react now. Because, look, you come back. I mean, his, his, I believe his pro debut was in Bellator, right? It was. And then he didn't, he never fought again. He didn't fight again yeah. in Bellator until his last fight with Tyrell Fortune. Yeah. And then he gets the win. He gets the win over Tyrell Fortune. I mean, after fighting an AC, what, ACA or ACB? It was both. It started both, off at a yeah, so ACB, the, ACA. but it's ACA. Got it. So, I mean, he, he had, you know, he had some fights over there. He's been, he's been around fighting some tough, tough guys. Yes, and then he, he comes has. back and he fights the, what, Tyrell Fortune, I think, was ranked number five or number six at the time. And he stops him. Gets a stop against Tyrell. Now he goes from being like the, basically the opening fight on the main card, you know, in Chicago in his hometown. Mm -hmm. Crowd was nuts for him, by the way. He yeah, he's considered to be like a. I mean, I would say he's probably like a, a celebrity over there, which is crazy because I mean, the way the crowd erupted, the way the, how many people bought tickets, you know, to come watch him fight. He's he's got a big name over there in the Chicago area, which is kind of surprising to me that we didn't put him back into Chicago. But I get it. And then they put him in. They've had a main event here in Temecula. We're going to see. But I think I think he, I think Marcelo Gomes got his hands full. He does. He's got he's going to have his doubt. hands full. I mean, he is a big, big guy. Marcelo Gomes, though, he is someone that just he makes the fight grimy and but finds ways to win, man. He, he makes does. the fight grimy, but finds ways to win. But just pull up Marcelo Gomes. I believe out of his 10 wins, they're all finishes. Yeah. I believe I out of his, gone, his I, I think you're right. Yeah, I don't, I don't zero decisions, yeah. I think. All submissions. Yeah, zero decisions. TKOs. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's lost one time by uh KO. Then he's also got his wins, seven wins by KO. I would have thought that he would have had more submissions, John. He's got three submissions by uh, you know, th for, by for wins. But I yep. would have thought he would have had more submissions to be honest cuz he's he's pretty damn good on the ground. Yeah. He's, he's got good control, but, which is yeah. unusual. 
We're going to see, man. We're going to see. I hope he doesn't expect to stand and trade because you get one of those clubbing forearms across the head, man. We may be fucking picking your head up like a jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> walking you around. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited to see this though. fight. It it's is. An it, it is. It really and, is. And I, I want to know how Daniel James is going to react to his crowd not being there, that, and then also going from you fought the number five guy or number six guy in, in uh, Tyrell Fortune, and now you're main eventing that quick. That quick. That's pressure. That's that's a lot of pressure. Next. Katzengano taking on Lee McCourt from Ireland. This is uh, for what they're saying is the shot or the ability to get a shot at the featherweight title with uh, Chris Cyborg. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that is a uh, bonus or if it's a gift <laughs> or if it's something anybody should really want. But yeah, it's a uh, cat has been, you know, here. It's funny because Cat's been in Bellator for a couple of years now, but mm -hmm. hasn't really had that many fights. You know, there's been a couple of things that have happened and stuff. She's, but uh, she always puts on a good, good show. She's a hell of a wrestler. Her wrestling is outstanding. Her top position is really good. She's got good submissions. You know, Lee McCourt, judo, has good submissions, has won a lot of her fights by submission, has good positioning on the ground. This is basically who's going to be in the top position. Yeah. If I'm going to weigh out the two things, the wrestling to me is going to beat the judo. I agree. Almost almost every single time. Um, But when I look at what each of them has to offer once you hit the ground, Leah McCourt's got more of the submission threat, but she tends to take big shots from the bottom position. And she can, she can be finished there. And as she gets tired, her legs get heavier. And her arm bars and triangles become less effective, as most fighters do. Cat yeah. um, is someone who has been known to do things, though, to make it an exciting fight that puts her in, in jeopardizes jeopardizing positions. Like she tried to throw uh, her one of her last opponents, and she threw her right into mount. She was yes. on the bottom the rest of the round, getting beat up, and she had no escape. Yeah, like she was struggling to get out from the from the mount position. If Leah McCord gets on that top mount position, she's going to do work, yeah. you know, and uh, the, the submission threat is, is there. And when I look at Kat, though, Kat, she's a long ways. She's a long way removed from the one that beat Amanda Nunez and um, yes. and and Misha, right? Was it Misha? Yep. Beat Misha Amanda Tate. Nunez, I think, and Misha Tate. Uh, she's yeah. a long, she's, she's years removed from that, from that Kat Zingano. Now, it doesn't mean that she doesn't still have it in the pocket. She still has a little bit of that grit. I think a lot of that grit. Oh, she's got a she lot just, of that grit. She's just not as active. And when you're not that's as active, the, that's it makes the whole thing. Every, every fight makes me guess. Like, okay, which one are we going to see today? Are we going to see one that gets comes out here and just gets a fucking ravaging KO or knockdown, drag out, ground and pound finish? Like, are we going to see one that just barely skirts by by the skin of her teeth? You know, so I, I get nervous when I watch her because I like her a lot. She's She's an awesome person. She's oh. been through a lot in her life, yes, but she's yes. an awesome person and she's been doing, she's been doing great things in Bellator, but she's not active enough for people to remember that she's with us. Now, Liam McCord, on the other hand, go pull ahead. up, pull up cats, uh, record for us, Dave, but Leah McCord, on the other hand, she's been active. She's been busy. You know, I mean, her loss to Sinead Kavanaugh and then who else did she lose to all the way down there at the end? Cat, let's see what cat is. Okay, so Cat Cat has lost to Megan Anderson. She yeah, but you got you got to look at that fight. That's really not a loss. It was yeah. a loss, 
but that was the one where the uh, Megan threw a kick and the toenail. toe toenail caught her. In yeah, the you know, and so it's that like sucks. yes, it's a loss, but no, you didn't lose that. So, I mean, mm. you can take a look, and she had that long win streak, like you were talking about, and mm. it's really, and this is this is the whole point when you're looking at it. She she beat Amanda Nunez in 2014. Mm-hmm. Okay, Josh, that's close to 10 years ago now. Yeah, she lost to to Ronda Rousey in 2015, but she's only had since that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven fights. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's like a fight a year, and that's what we're talking about here. We we always talk about repetitions help you. The more repetitions mm-hmm. you get. As long as you're not being damaged, the better you the better you become, the more confident you become, and it's just things just flow better for you. But when you don't have that repetition and it's there's these long gaps between your fights, it is always the question of well, which which fighter is going to show up? Is it the same fighter or is it going to be different? Because she is now, you know, forty years of age, so it's getting to that yeah. you know that tipping point. Yeah, that's true. We can't keep dangling the carrot though that she's going to fight Cyborg if she wins this fight. She's going to have to fight her, you know. But I think on well, the other side have though, to. too, no, she doesn't have to. But we also, you know, you know like, and that's I I totally understand what you're saying. Like, if you know, what else are you going to do? You know, yeah. is it you, you okay? You want to fight, you know, Sarah McMahon or what is it? You just don't want to mm-hmm. fight Cyborg. And, and she's had some issues, you know, talking about things from the past and things like that. And you know, if that's the way she feels, that's the way she feels. But you know, you got to kind of figure there's, you know, why, why are you doing this? Okay. You're getting paid. That's one good reason, but mm-hmm. do you not want to be the champ? Yeah. Hit your mic. Mine's good. <laughs> oh, it's good. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I guess we're going to find out though. I mean, Leo court has definitely got, she's, she's, She's on a stride of she's in a rhythm right now of staying competitive, staying active. And you can physically see it in her body, too. She looks like she is. I don't want to say matured. No, she she looks like she she changed camps. And I thought they got her in great shape in the the last fight. Mm -hmm. So. Well, I mean, we're going to actually find out because that cat's one thing. Another thing cat has not just one thing, but cat has a pretty damn good gas tank. She's got a very good gas tank. You know, utilizes the wrestling. She's got, you know, submission defense from the top is decent, is good. And uh, she's got some good ground up house. She's got to be a little bit busier on top against Leah. She's gonna, but I think Kat can stand with her also. She can afford I to stand so with too. her a little bit, you know? Oh, I think she can. You know? uh, next fight. John Salter against Aaron Jeffrey. John Salter, 18-6. and six. Aaron Jeffrey, 13-3. and Three. three. <laughs> my eyes are getting like yours yeah you know your, the thing with john salter now. is that he can he can kind of he's kind of been put right now into that gatekeeper status it's it's unfortunate because he's so damn good he is getting older but he, people have started figuring out his game yes they started realizing that he's just wrestle heavy with good submissions but he's super wrestle heavy he reminds me a lot of like a john fitch Someone yeah. that will chase takedowns on his hands and knees, and once he does get you down, you're stuck, man. They're yeah. they're masters at keeping you down. They're He's just better off his back than John submissions. Fitch. Yeah, he is absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But John never really spent a lot of time on his back. 
No, no, no. They, they, know, last they have different styles. Salter yeah. will willingly go to his back at times. Fitch mm-hmm. never wanted to go to his back. No, he would always yeah. chase up, come up on the single or the double. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Aaron Jeffrey, though, good stand up, good, good all the way around fighter, man. But he's a dog. He's, he's somebody that uh, the haircut does it for me, though. Dude, the, definitely, the mullet. definitely does. He's it got for the, me. Mullet, the mullet. Dude. It's he's like the full dude, on. There's serious fucking power. It's like Samson's hair in the mullet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this guy's gonna be. It's gonna. I think it's gonna be a good fight, but he's gonna have to sprawl and brawl. Never take advantage of of the opportunity to strike when you should be focusing more on defending the takedown. When yeah. John Salter is on your leg, focus on getting out and away. Focus on defending. Making him tired. Yep, and then as you're as you're making space, make him pay from the distance. That's the biggest thing. True. It's when you start thinking that you're out and away, and you're not out and away, and you start trying to strike. Kind of how Connor did it with uh, Habib. He had was defending the single leg dump real well. Fantastic. And he was getting to the crotch and it was lifting and, and doing all this stuff, and then and then he tried to strike. to strike one or two strikes, and he lost the position and got taken down. The rest of the round right. was history. That's right. Next fight. Uh, Jaleel Willis against Rustam Kabalov, who we have not seen in a while. He's been signed with Bellator for quite a, a long while. Time. This guy is, uh, you know, was in the UFC, had a had a great run in the UFC, kind of went away, and now he's back. He's fighting the the real Jaleel Willis. Jaleel coming out of Memphis, Tennessee, has been fighting. His last fight, he looked beautiful. It was against one of your. Uh, friends kyle crutchmer from aka yep he just dominated the fight yeah kyle just couldn't get in he couldn't even sniff a takedown which really shocked me i was expecting you know kyle to get in at least get one or two takedowns and uh, make jalil work to get up to his feet but he wasn't even he wasn't able to get him down but jalil is also down at um kill cliff now yep and so now that he's down at Killcliffe, he's he's been able to get in the work with the top level jiu-jitsu guys, top level wrestlers. He's been out yep. there working with Logan Storley and with uh, Kamar Usman and Craig Jones and all those guys, man. So he's got a plethora of guys that can wrestle and they can chase submissions. Yep. And so I think he, he, we saw it in that fight. His confidence level was so high in that fight. I was like, holy shit. And so he's going to be hard to beat. I think uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does in the welterweight division. Plus, there was a there was a time there where he was choosing between fifty five and seventy, yeah. But that last fight with with Kyle, he you could tell he just gave up on fifty five. He's like, which he should his have. legs and ass, his legs and oh, ass, yeah. and his back and everything. He was enormous. Like, How'd you make seventy? Yeah. It was almost like he he hit puberty and fucking <laughs> grew into his body. I was like, what the hell? Where did this kid come from? He's enormous. Now, Rustam, I've heard pull nothing up, but good things Rustam about him. Record. Dave. And he was actually supposed Thank to you. be the the. They were trying to match me up against him instead of Anthony Pettis. After Anthony Pettis had pulled out of the title fight, I was supposed to have for the UFC, yeah. and I was like, I never heard of this guy. And then it just so happened I was training with Habib in, in Islam at the time, and uh, we had kind of like just through conversation been like, yeah, they want me to fight, and they're like, oh, and he was, I guess, him and Islam were like com- co- competitors against each other for Sambo. And so they, they both, they're telling me how good he was. And I was like, okay, I don't need to know this anymore. I need to know <laughs> that was enough. That's all I needed to hear how good he was. And then that was it. I was like, yeah, I'll pass. And then I have getting the Benson fight, which worked out better, but yeah, overall, but it, uh, he's, the, he's the real, the real question is, is he hasn't fought since 2019. It's a long layoff. Why? Yeah. Yeah. 
That's a good question, but it's been quite a while since uh, why, he's actually Why would the UFC fight. let him go off of a win also? I can't tell you. Yeah, it's one of those, I think, you know, he was fighting fairly regularly, but it was almost like once or twice a year, you know, throughout a lot of it. He fought a lot in 2016, yeah. you know, but then yeah. nothing, one in 2017, one in 2018. So you look and you go, wow. I, I don't know what happened, but there had to be some kind of thing where they just weren't happy with, you know, the fights he was taking or mm-hmm. what he was doing. So, but it's going to be interesting because it's been a while. Interesting. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing him fight in the Bellator cage. Yeah, um, I've heard nothing but good He's things good. about him. I remember watching his fight with, I think, George Mazadal. And uh, <clears throat> scroll on down. I think he's before the, the Martins fight. Down did he fight George? Down. I think he did. Yep. Keep going. That, do, no, do you see George Mazadal? Oh, there he is right there. George Mazadal is right there. Yeah. There we go. Did you see it? Where is he? I just no, saw it. Where do you it. see George Masvidal? He's on there. Really? Keep Show going. Keep... Yeah, he's on there. He's on there. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, right there. Where? Ruslan? Right there. Right there. Right there. Oh, okay, George Masvidal. There. Yes, he's got a win got against Masvidal. He's got a win over George. Oh, okay. Because, see, he went and he... Oh. See, that's because I did the fight. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, there goes John's still trap of a memory, you guys. There you go, dude. I, I swear wow. to God, I don't remember that fight at all. But the one that I remember is Vince Pichel because Vince fought out of my gym. And he, you know, we got him on the Ultimate Fighter. He did well on the Ultimate Fighter. It was the one where they did the, uh, it was all live fights. They were there for 13 weeks or something like that. It was crazy how long they were there. And uh, when he, when uh, he got out of there, because it was Dominic uh, Cruz and Uriah Faber were the coaches. And so then he gets out, and all of a sudden he's going to go down and train with Dominic. Go. See you later. And he comes back, and I said, you know, know, have they given you a a name of who you're fighting? He goes, yeah, I'm fighting a guy named uh, Kabalov. I go, Ruslan Kabalov? Uh Right? And he goes, yeah. He goes, he says, I I saw some video. He was throwing ice on somebody. He said, I'm going to fuck him up. I went, have you seen him wrestle? Yeah. He goes, no fucking problem. I went, okay. Okay. He got knocked out with suplexes, too. Jesus. I was like, yep, no problem. Jeez. It happens. Yeah, it's called growing up. Oh, but next fight. Sullivan Colley, who's done just fantastic in the Bellator cage, coming out of being a training partner of uh, the champion and Ryan Bader. Going up against a guy, I'm really surprised about this fight. I'm surprised they put this fight together. Luke Trainer, coming off of, he had his first loss. Came back with a very nice win. Luke Trainer out of England. Really good story. Great background. Great family. Love his father. They uh, they do a lot with foster kids and taking care of them and stuff. But that's really an interesting matchup in the light heavyweight division. Yeah. <clears throat> Luke's going to have his hands full. Yep. I think that the size, the aggressiveness of... Well, Luke's got the size. Height-wise, not like thickness-wise, though. Height-wise, not thickness-wise. So that muscle, that density, that bone density and all that stuff. I'll I'll give you, I think, strength is on Sullivan Colley. I think technique is kind of on Sullivan Colley. The wrestling's on Sullivan Colley. Yes. The top top position to do damage will be Sullivan Colley. I agree. And, And I think from Luke's one loss... 
was from him taking big shots from the bottom. And if I recall in that fight, man, he took a lot of damage in that fight. And Sullivan Coley, is, he's pretty good at defending submissions, but he's got heavy hips, and he's good at being from the top. Take a look at Sullivan's record. Look, yeah, at, yeah. look at how long his fights have lasted. Yeah. He's and they've been power. giving him better competition all the time. Yeah. But, man, he is... Other than the porn stash, nah. you can't say anything <laughs> bad about him. I love <laughs> it. I make fun of him about the porn stash. But yeah. take a look at... Okay, I'm sorry. Go right there. First round, first round, first round, first round, first round. Never mm. been in the second round. Yeah, and he can stand up and fight, and he can wrestle. No, he can. Yep, it's gonna be a good. It's gonna be good. Lou Trainer is good. He's good on off his back. He's good on the feet a little bit. He's got a good push kick. He's well rounded. I just think the overall, like in time, in terms of the bone density, the thickness, the strength, I think that if Sullivan Cully plays it smart, he should be able to get the win. But trainer, man, trainer's crafty. He's crafty on the ground. He's got that long, those he's, long he's limbs. Actually, he's got a very good submission game. Mm-hmm, very good. Yeah. So Next. All right, we got Adam Piccolotti coming back against Mandel. Rat Garbage Nalo. I love that name. Who, who goes with the nickname Rat Garbage? Oh, man. But the guy can fight, man. It reminds me of Ratatouille. <laughs> the movie Ratatouille. I don't know why, uh-huh. but... Uh, he's good, man. Mando Lalo can fight. He's good. He's um, the 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 sure dog pitcher says it all. He's got a little There's twisted it. twisted mustache. He's dude, he, hold on. He, you want to talk about a guy that's got it going? His wife is a doctor up in Canada. Yep. He goes, yep, yep. She she's the worker. I'm the guy that just goes and works out and fights. He goes, I got it made. <laughs> I go well. What keep it going, it, dude. That's Jeez. awesome. That'll be interesting if it hits the ground because. We know that how good Adam Piccolotti is there, but Nalo's not bad. And in the yeah. stand-up, he's got a lot of length on Adam. Adam's going to want to close that distance. Yeah, I think Adam's going to have a hard time on the feet with him. Yeah. But, I mean, Adam's Adam's been working with uh, uh, Fitzgibbon. Yeah. Up at C, uh, yep. CSI, C, uh, yep. CSA? Yeah, CSA, yep. I think it is. He's been working with them up there. So, they got some good kickboxers there and stuff. The length yep. is going to give him a little bit of a problem. I think the speed might give him a little bit of a problem, too. And um, But on the ground, I think I give the advantage a little bit to Adam. But not by much, like you were saying, John. Not by much. Yep. Yep. Next. Archie Colgan, fantastic. Getting better all the time. Wrestling is fantastic mm-hmm. against Justin Montalvo. We're talking 6-0 and versus 5-0. and It'll be a very good matchup, but Archie Colgan's wrestling and stand-up. Hard to beat right now. That dude's yep. he's getting better with every fight. He believes in himself. Yes, sir. And the and one the that, one that I winning. really want to talk about. Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll let you. I love this kid, man. I'm so oh, glad he's that he's back. I've been I've been chirping in his ear for the last two and a half years, three years, going, "Hey, man, when are you coming back? When are you coming back?" Yep. He just finally is like, "You know what? I'm gonna make a comeback." He hit me up. Got he said, shit hey, I'm in, I've been in the gym. Got yep. my shit going on. I'm all right. He's like, and I, I'm getting the itch, and I feel it, and I think I'm like, "Hey, I'm here, man." I can't wait. I can't wait to see Joey Davis. Joey Davis. Black guys, Joey Davis, man. This yep. kid is a phenomenal wrestler. He's got great stand-up. I mean, he's just... One he, of only three <clears throat> NC2A wrestlers to go out through his career with no losses. No losses. Uh, just insane. He's he's a phenomenal person as well. Very quiet. Yep. Very humble. Yep. Uh, let's his dad do all his talking for him. Doesn't <laughs> um, his dad will do it, too. His dad will do it. I love him. You know, and if his dad doesn't do it, then his coaches will. It's like, it. I mean, 
you talk to AJ McKee about him, you talk to Antonio McKee about him, and they love him, man. They love him like a brother. They're like his. They're like his. He's oh, that, just amazing. Look at that. There's no doubt that is AJ's brother from another mother. Mm-hmm. So those guys are tight. Lucas Brennan taking on Josh San Diego will be a, an interesting fight. Both guys very good on the ground, but Lucas Brennan is something special on the ground based upon his dad, Chris Brennan, who we have known forever. And uh, look forward Josh to seeing got, that matchup. Josh got good stand-up, though. He does. And so if he, he can force the fight on the feet, he's going to put Lucas in a very uncomfortable position. I've trained That's with right. Josh. Josh yeah, used to be no. one of my... Uh, um, used to be Josh one of my... is surprising at 145 pounds because he's long. Yeah, he is long. Yep. Yeah. I used to use Josh as a sparring partner from time to time. And uh, he was uh, kind of a little frustrating to deal with. Like a little gnat sometimes. You couldn't, you know? You wanted to, yeah. you wanted to just really, really beat him down hard, but you also knew he was your sparring partner. Find. and Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, hey, man. He's... But he was such a nice kid, too. Great, yeah. great fighter. So him and Lucas should have a good fight. I believe so. It should be. Next. Should be very good. Lance Gibson Jr., undefeated at 7-0, taking on Vladimir Tokov whose brother just lost in a championship matchup to Johnny Eblen in the middleweights. Tokov's brother being Anatoly, but Tokov is good. He's good everywhere. He's got good wrestling, good stand-up, good submission game. Lance Gibson Jr., good wrestling, great submission game, good stand-up. It's a hell of a matchup. Physically strong Lance Gibson is, but I think the more well-rounded fighter in terms of tighter with the technique will be Tokov. Really? I think Lance, yeah, because when I look at what Lance, remember his his fight, he got dropped in Hawaii. I think it was Hawaii. Yeah, he got, he got hit with he got dropped, and he had to come back. He was able to pull it out of his ass. But he did. But he did, and I get it. But there was moments in that fight where, and I've said this before, if you let someone linger around, you're really jeopardizing yourself. And he has a tendency to let fighters linger. This is true. Because he's so good at hitting you with a good hard shot and kind of admiring his work. Hitting you with a good hard shot, admiring because he's got power. He's got power. He's so you can see he's he's physically strong. You can tell he's physically strong by the way he looks. I mean, like see when I, I when he locked in the triangle in the Hawaii show, the way he was able to as soon as he got his legs up around the arm and the neck, it was yeah. like poof, locked in yeah. and he would just squeeze tight and it was on tight and it was on quick. I just look at I look at Tokoff is a little bit more of that he'll get in there and be real grimy. I think Lance can pull it off. I'm not saying that he can't. I'm just saying he can't afford to let this kid linger around like he has been with his past opponents. This is a big step up for him, for Lance Gibson in his competition. It's going to be tough for him to get rid of Tokoff. Yep, it is. Uh, I think one of the ones we need to talk about is Mike Hamill against Nick Brown. That should be an outstanding matchup. I know okay. I'm skipping a couple, but Hamill yep. is fun to watch. The guy brings it every time. I've never seen him in a bad fight. He is willing to, you know, trade with anybody. He's got good wrestling. Nick Brown has got, you know, they call him NyQuil because he puts everyone to sleep. You know, he's got a 13-2 and two record. The guy's uh, submission game is outstanding. That's a great matchup. I'm going to give a little love to uh, to my boy Bryce Meredith, who wrestled out of the University of Wyoming. He's making yeah. his Bellator debut on this card. He's 3-0. and oh. He fights out of the lab with Benson Henderson. Good kid, man. Really good yep. kid. And uh, he's got. I feel like he's got a bright future. He just uh, kind of, I wouldn't say he, he didn't lose his way. He was just trying to figure out his path to get to a bigger promotion as fast as possible. He finally found his way, and uh, he got signed to Bellator. So I'm happy for him. Um, just going to have to do what he does, man. Get out there, wrestle, get the takedowns, dominate the top position, chase the submissions, and try to get some ground and pound. You know, and as I'm looking forward to seeing him grow because he's a, he's a gamer. 
This kid can wrestle, man. He is smooth. He is slick. He can scramble. He's a fantastic, fantastic wrestler. So I'm looking forward to seeing where he comes. And then Benson's wife, Maria, good luck to her. You know, she's fighting a girl that's 0-0, but she's coming into Bellator also. She's finally signed a contract with Bellator. So looking forward to seeing her. And then, of course, uh, Conry Gracie coming in, and uh, he'll be opening the card against Dave Pacheco. So it should be a good fight. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up our Bellator talk. Let's move into uh, Game Bread. Let's go. Let's go. But before we go to but Game before. Bread, let's go to OnlyFans.com slash weighing in. And like I've said, I can't even continue to tell you how many times that I've said this. John will not show you his butthole no matter how much you pay him. Okay? So we're nope. going to go ahead and just stop it right there. No matter how John's it is. not going to do it. But <laughs> John may not do it, but Podcast Dave might. <laughs> You don't want to see that mess right now. You got some food poisoning going on. You never know what's coming out of that thing. So, oh my goodness. But hey, OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. Look, we're doing some things over there. We're taking our fan questions from OnlyFans. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a collaboration that we decided to work with on them to try to get more athletes, more MMA athletes, more uh, combat sports athletes over onto their platform to show techniques for them to be able to make money on the offseason when they're not training for their fights or when, they're, when they have new techniques that they'd like to share with their fans. Or their fans can uh, reach out to them and say, hey, this is what I got caught in in training. Can you help me with this? This is, what, uh, this is what's been working for me. You know, how can I go ahead and build on this? Those are all things that fans really would like to get in in close contact with their fighters or their athletes to say, Hey, can I pick your brain for a split second? So join us over at onlyfans.com slash Wayne. And all right, let's go right into the game bread situation. Listen, man, John, I'm pretty pumped for this card. I'm pretty pumped are you, for, are you pumped for this card? I am. I'm, 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 I see, I'm, 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 I'm on the fence wavering and it's not that I'm, it's just going back to this whole goddamn thing of, Oh, we're gonna have a boxing match between a real boxer and an MMA guy. What the hell? <laughs> it's every time, dude. Because you know, I look at this. I'm okay with the Aldo versus Jeremy Stevens. I think that's great. Let them both box each other. Perfect. Belford against Souza. Okay. You know, obviously, I think you know Vitor is a little bit older, but he's got an advantage over Jacare. In the Jacare, he was never a true stand-up guy. He was, you know, always. You know, he had to work on his game because, you know, people fought very hard to keep him going to the ground with him for obvious reasons. But the main event, Roy Jones Jr., 66-9 and in his professional career, going against Anthony Pettis as a boxer, 0-0. Zero and zero. But obviously we know that Anthony Pettis can fight. He's, a, he's an outstanding mixed martial artist. Yeah. But there's a huge difference between mixed martial arts and boxing. And when you're limited to just those two tools, you are playing in that man's world. And I don't care if he's older. Mm-hmm. You're going to have problems. Can I ask you a question? How does how does things like this get passed in the commission? I see. I, I look at it and it's, they end up going, well, you know, Anthony Pettis is a professional fighter. Yeah, it's MMA, but, you know, okay. And I look and I go, no, sorry. It's your job. To say, look, you don't have any boxing experience. You're not a boxer. I wouldn't put Roy Jones Jr. up against you in an MMA match because he doesn't have MMA experience. But, you know, I I do understand there's money involved. And Anthony wants to make that money. And 
I understand why. And the commission looks at it and says, well, if he wants to do it, okay, we'll do it. And it is, you know, look, it's in his, his backyard. It's in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So he's the one that's, you know, going to bring a lot of the, uh, the butts to put in the seats. So I understand what they're doing, but man, I just look at it and it's like, I don't want to see him get beat up. I mean, man, you just took all the fun out of this card. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was all excited to watch it, and then you went off and said all that. No. Yes. Um, Is it not the truth? You know, I... If I'm really, wrong, tell me I'm wrong. I can't say you're wrong, only only because we... Are we living in the past, though, of how good Roy Jones was? Okay, and you're... Again, Roy Jones is nowhere near what he used to be. Mm-hmm. But he was good enough to go eight rounds with Tyson, too. Yeah, At only a what a year and a half, two years, two years, two years ago, ago. Yeah, two, two years, years ago. ago, and okay, you can't tell me that Anthony Pettis can hit like Tyson. No, it's just you know. Okay, but then like I guess we could say the same thing though. We were talking, sorry, excuse me. We were talking about Anderson Silva, and then he goes and fights Jake Paul, who has a couple fights. He's only yeah. got a couple fights, five fights. But that's he was able different. Sit, he was able to sit Anderson down. Why is it? But I'm, I'm okay John? with seeing that. I'm Anderson okay Silva with that one. Fight. Hold on. They're boxing, mm-hmm. and Jake Paul is a boxer. That's his. That's his. What he does. That's his background. If you want to call it a background. And Anderson is an MMA guy, but Jake Paul only has a couple of fights. Roy Jones Jr. has been doing this since he was a kid. Yeah. He was, you know, an an Olympic silver medalist because he got, you know, ripped off. Closed. But he should have been an Olympic gold medalist. He's freaking been an unbelievable. He is one of the best pound for pound boxers to ever lace up a pair of boxing gloves. And Anthony's never boxed. I don't care yeah. what he does in sparring in the gym. He's never boxed. Hmm. It's I can just, see where you're going with it. I can see where you're going with it. Uh, but then the Jose Aldo and Jeremy Stevens, good fight. I'm okay with that. Good fight. I'm looking I'm okay forward with to that, that one. That's great. Yeah. Is this, is this spare knuckle? Or this is no. boxing. This is boxing, boxing. Boxing. Okay. Boxing. I wasn't sure if they were going bare knuckle on this. Because, you know, I don't know, man. George did the backyard bra stuff, so you never know. Uh, <laughs> you know, the backyard. I'm surprised that they didn't do Vitor Belford versus Roy Jones. So was I. But I maybe because it it's in Milwaukee, the whole Milwaukee thing. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I'm looking forward to the card. I mean, I probably won't watch the whole card, obviously, but I mean, I'll probably watch. I'll probably go all the way up to the <laughs> Vitor Belford fights. Yeah. I'll see I'll that. Watch I mean, I want to know how Mazzani, Gina Mazzani. Mm-hmm. I'll watch that. You know, that's okay. All right. All right. Look, well, I'm going to support it because I'm a big fan of George Mosman. Oh, man. And I like Anthony Pettis. Anthony and I actually just kind of reached out to each other recently and and uh, said some nice things about each other, which was kind of nice because for a while there, I wouldn't say we had beef, but because of the, the the title fight being dropped off and I had my theories on why it was that way because I was old. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, and, uh, and stuff. So, no, we just didn't really talk about it a whole lot. But, I mean, there was a lot of trash talk going into that fight. And I remember saying to him that, Bro, you can't stop my takedowns, and you're not going to stop my submission game. And so, I always wondered. But anyways, this is a good fight. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this weekend. I'm reminiscing, you guys. 
All right. Just a little. That's good fight. That's on Saturday night, correct? That is on Saturday night. Pay-per-view? I think it is. Yeah. I think it is. It's on a, it's on a UFC Fight Pass. Oh, UFC oh, it's Fight on Pass. UFC Fight Pass, so it's not good. a pay-per-view. But you have to pay well, for the UFC Fight Pass. We are paying for the app, yeah. Yeah, not pay-per-view. But you're paying pair of... How know. much is their UFC? I don't have it. So how much is it? I think it's 10 bucks. It's like $100 for the year. Jesus. It's like Gosh. what? Ends up being what? Like $6 and something cents? It's like what, $10 a month. Big deal. That's a lot. That's <laughs> <laughs> a lot. All right, next. So Dave, what That's else you got for us, buddy? All right, we're going to hop into some uh, fan questions here. Um, so just so you guys know who are listening audio and video platforms uh we are prioritizing the only fans questions and then we'll we'll go to youtube and uh, anywhere else we're pulling from once uh once we've gone through the only fans questions first sound good yeah 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 all right let's we go did this, this all we did this all on short notice so uh we're we'll normally be pulling most of our fan questions from only fans but we decided to do this last minute short notice so we're gonna Pull. We're gonna pull from other areas if we need to. If we need to. If. Go ahead. First Dave. question is from Nathan, Hufford, <coughs> who asks, um, who says, "Sup, Punk and Big John. You too, Dave. Sup. I really appreciate you guys and the consistent, high quality content. You're welcome. I wanted to uh, ask after UFC San Antonio, is now the time to make Cheeto versus O'Malley too? No." Not based no. upon the UFC's style of matchmaking. You're going to see Cheeto Vera going against somebody like a Peter Yon or uh, somebody coming off of a loss is the way that they normally are going to do it because they want to get uh, one of the guys back on track with a win. And they honestly don't care which one, they, but they want mm -hmm. one of them to come up with a win. So I don't think you're going to see Cheeto getting a rematch with O'Malley until he has a, a win. Who was the one that just lost in the weight class? We talked about this the other day. We thought that'd be a great matchup. Good little UFC rankings in the Bantamweight division. Peter Yawn just days. lost to uh, Marab. Yeah, I think it was the Peter Yawn, wasn't it? Weren't we talking about yeah. Peter Yawn and him and so. Cheeto? That's yeah. a great fight. I think yeah. that's, the, that's probably the fight to make. The two of them coming off their loss. They got to get one of their top, you know, one of their top 10 fighters a win, making sure that one of them stays in the rankings to still threaten. And uh, I think that's a perfect matchup because Peter's not going to really wrestle. He may threaten to take down by catching your kicks to yeah. get on top and do some ground and pound like he did with Jose Aldo. But I mean, I think that he's very come forward, boxing centric, and he will trade blows. He'll throw blows to trade blows. The problem that I have with both those guys, they're both slow starters. Yep, both of them. So it needs to be a five-round fight, or maybe, maybe not. It maybe it needs be. to be a three-round fight. Maybe nah. it needs to be a three-round fight. And be really? like, hey, you fucking knuckleheads. Gotta get your ass in, you just get, 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 your, gotta ass get your ass started. Yep. The conversation maybe needs to be, both of you guys are obviously two of the best in the world at this weight class, but you guys both start off slow. I need I need to remind you guys, it's a three-round fight. What are you guys going to be packing all the way to, like, to, to the 10th ranking? You're not going to be probably in the top 10 anymore after a loss. Yeah. They're both coming off losses. Yep. So I think, and what, Peter's coming off three in a row. Yeah. That's not easy. He's Ooh. still he's still number four. He's Man, still you know, number four. You know what's going on up here no matter what. Oh. No matter man, how much he, he believes he won or any of those things, 
when he looks at that yeah. column, he sees it, and it's starting to have an effect. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, because remember he had his only loss was to Magomed Magomedov. Yeah. Before when, when he, he got in the UFC. UFC, and he hadn't lost all the way until he got to Aljo in the DQ. That was his only loss, correct? Yeah, that yep. was his only loss. Insane. Yeah. And then now You've he just rattled off in the UFC. Four, three in a row. Three in a row. Oh, man. Actually, four because you count the Aljo one also, right? Oh, no, no, that wasn't in a row. He no. had a winning in the middle there. He won the interim he beat, title. He beat Corey, beat Corey Sanhagen. That Corey Sanhagen. Yeah. Corey impressed me, man. Corey impressed me a lot. He didn't impress I one said, yeah, hindsight is 50-50, my guy. <laughs> this is a uh, different different uh, oh, fans. This is Wazers from OnlyFans who Wazers. asked a question, but just Wazers, uh, regarding the referee and that, that weird submission thing in it, that from uh, Fury FC, go back and watch the weekend show. We we talked about that in, in depth, so you can catch that from the weekend show. It's also on Wing and Extra um, mm-hmm. as, a, as an extra clip, so you can, you can check it out there as well to get right to it. <laughs> Um, okay. hindsight's 50-50 remember guys LOL is what he says the question is an extra question if there's time do you guys think Leon prefers rematch with Bilal who's on who's on a streak or the money fight with Masvidal always the money fight I think if you if he was able to pick anybody he wanted to fight it would be Masvidal mm-hmm. he's got you have to, the, yeah. You got to think of all the guys, right? Let's say you have it's Bilal, it's uh, Colby, and it's uh, Leon, or not Leon. It's uh, Masvidal. Out of those three guys, he's taking Masvidal, absolutely, because he knows he's going to stand. He knows yeah. that in the in that stand in that world of standing, in terms of his, the striking, he's faster he than him. Stand up is got better. It. He he believes his stand up is better, and he can wrestle. And the, like Leon Edwards can wrestle. And he's got great submissions. He's gotten so good at getting. Look at he took down Usman. You know, I mean, like, and he was threatening. He, thre- he tried to threaten another one or two in uh, in the second fight. He can get those takedowns on George. Now, I'm not saying he needs to force him, but on the feet, he's faster than him. He's a little bit slicker than him. He's gonna mix in the kicks a little bit more, um, and he'll threaten the takedowns. And those takedowns will slow George down a little bit to make him think about defending the takedown more so than letting his hands go. And uh, you may, I mean, it, I think that's a, f- and plus it's the money fight. There's no other way and, around it. That's, well, that's and on top of that, fight. on top of it all, uh, he wants to punch George in the mouth because George got one on him. Yep. George, he didn't expect George to fire on him. George fired on him, hit him, marked him up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he wants, he wants to get his comeuppance. He wants yep. that fight. But so much has to happen for that to happen. I mean, he's got to be burned. That's a tough fight. Masvidal does, yeah. Yeah, right. Masvidal's got to be burned, and that's a tough yep. fight. Well, and so really then if Masvidal doesn't win that fight, I think you're going to see Colby end up fighting him next. You know, and then we'll see what happens. I think Bilal's going to end up having to fight, so, I mean, somebody. I, mean, I, really, I really believe it should have been Colby and Bilal to yep. see who fights so the I. winner, yeah. see who fights for the, ch- the title. All right, next. All right, um, from OnlyFans, WVBJJ, do you guys ever think about doing longer podcasts? Maybe add David on screen full time for more banter. Yeah, we we try to minimize how much Dave gets on screen. Um, <laughs> it's 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 rough, man. If you guys actually saw him up close and personal, you guys would realize what I'm talking about. He's got the nose that kind of hangs over the fence like Mr. Wilson on Home Improvement. Damn. You know, little hands, you know, little tiny hands, kind of like mine. And, um, you know, it's just so funny, but, uh, 
No, we we actually every once in a while, right? When we have a good pay per view with a good Bellator weekend, our shows will run about two two hours, a little sometimes a little bit less, sometimes a little bit more, like two hours and twenty minutes. And when we can hit, I've noticed that those shows tend to do really tend to do really well. The only thing is, I can't base it whether it's because the show length and the banter and everything was so good, or if it because it was normally around a pay per view and a really good Bellator card that weekend, and if a one championship was in or. If there was a good bare knuckle boxing fight, or if it was a Jake Paul thing, it doesn't. I don't. I can't say it's one specific thing, and so sure. those shows just tend to have more, have more to talk about, which those that go on for a long time, and we do. We generally do have fun with those weekends because they're, they're, it's fun to have. You have so much stuff to talk about, right, John? That's it. We'd right. love to bring you guys uh, more of the other thing, like more shows, not necessarily longer shows, but more more shows. shows. What? <laughs> what? What are you talking you guys about? Remember, John's almost eighty, so it's like past his bedtime right now. When we're <laughs> anything past like five thirty, six o'clock in the, at night PST time, bro, he's like it's like nine o'clock his time. He's like, man, I gotta get up in like two hours. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're doing, a, we're doing more live streams and everything now. So yes, I mean, that's, that's all right. Things, right? Yeah, that'll help. Yeah. We're trying to do them past John's bedtime so he doesn't talk forever. <laughs> you guys need to not even talk about my bedtime, man. I'm, oh, I'm always the guy who's got to up late. Uh, Let's go. Right. Give me the next. Lalo PGTO. Uh, an octagon has five sides. Why do we have three refs? Would they ever have five refs, one in each side, since they don't always have the best view? Not quite. I, sure. I, hate, to, I hate to tell you, an octagon's got eight sides. Where did this? Is this, is this is this is this a serious question? Yeah, because there's two more from Lalo, which I'm. Oh, I'll give Lalo. you. I'll give Lalo one more. But Lalo, that's a. I don't. I don't know what you're looking at. Yeah, a pentagon has five sides. Mm-hmm. A hexagon has six sides, right? Yeah. Strike Force used to have a hexagon. Yeah, which was great because it was actually the full length. The way the angles on it were, you could actually see both corners. Where if you're in an octagon, you can't see the corners if you're a judge. So it does make a difference. But wow, um, I didn't know that. Yep, these are the things you learn. I like Strike Force's cage a lot better than the UFC's cage. I don't know why. I I, I couldn't tell you why. I just I don't. I it could have been biased because I was I've fought so many times <laughs> in it. Could have been biased. Maybe. You know what I did like though. I liked the the vinyl canvas cover way more than the the canvases that we use now. I hate the ones we use now. Well, it wasn't vinyl. The strike force was, a, was a hybrid mix of vinyl and canvas, which made it to where it didn't burn you near as much as the canvas. The canvas burns. Mm-hmm. If you, if you're a grappler and you're on your knees or anything, man, you're going to get, yeah, you get s- strawberries that, you know, the days after the fight, you you oh. pay for them. Yeah, it sucks. Getting, that night when you get in the shower to rinse oh, off yeah, all the burn blood like or a get the bitch. sweat off you, jeez, man, it's brutal. Burning like so a sub bitch, and it burns the next time but you I take just, a shower. It's but like I thought. I thought early, maybe it was early Strike Force then when it was Elite XC joined with Strike Force. Those were vinyl. I thought it you was know, like it, a, it was been, very slippery. May have been in the very they beginning, but then they, then they switched to a hybrid, which I thought was the best because mm. uh, it 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 made it to where blood didn't pool up the same, but it was still you could be tacky and you could move. 
and it wasn't slippery and it didn't burn you. And so, you know, there, who's to say what's burned? Vinyl sucks because as soon as vinyl has sweat or sweaty. blood on it, it yeah. gets slippery as ice. It's horrible. Yeah. I remember John Fitch fought in uh, World Series of Fighting. It might have been. Yeah. It might have already been the uh, whatever it is now, PFL. No, I don't think it was. Oh, that's when World they were Series switching fighting. over? Yeah, I think it was when they was were it? switching over. We were in uh, Daytona or something Fort like that. Daytona. We were. It was Daytona. We were in Daytona, and it was raining outside. Oh, yeah. And fuck, John was fighting in this fight, and he got cracked right off the bat. And I was like, oh, shit. He cut up real bad. And he ends up fighting his way back into this fight and getting a ninja choke with, like, like probably two minutes left in the fucking fight. Like, yeah. And John was that guy, man. I oh, yeah. knew the fight wasn't over until the fucking last bell. Like, John Fitch was that guy. Oh, yeah. He was such a fucking grind. That's what made John... Dude, take a look at John Fitch's fight against... People, you know, talk about, oh, he got killed by St. Pierre, and he lost. Mm -hmm. But he lost the first three rounds pretty bad. Yeah. And he was coming back in that fight. He was he was doing yeah. well in the fifth round of that fight. And you look at you go, okay, what a tough son of a bitch. After all the damage he took. You know, so... The the very first kick he threw, he got sat to his ass. He got dropped. Yeah. And we told him in the back, don't throw the lazy leg kick. Don't throw the lazy inside leg kick. Don't, because he had a habit of doing it in training. And he fucking went out there. The very first inside leg kick he threw was lazy and fucking GSP sat him right to his ass. Boink. <laughs> We're like, ah, oh, fuck. Uh, right away. Next. You know, Next. But you know what? here's the funny part. You talk about the vinyl. Mm -hmm. One of the greatest places if you're going to go see a fight, be it boxing, because there's really not a whole lot of MMA there. But the Stub Hub used to be, it's, now it's called yeah. something else. In Carson, California, where the it used to be the Home Depot Center, and then I think yeah, the I think the, I was there when there. it was the Home Depot Center. Yeah, and the Stub Hub was the tennis court, but they would use that in boxing all the time yeah. for HBO yep. boxing. I, I saw some of the greatest fights there ever, and uh, Showtime, you know, would do fights there, and they call it, uh, you know, when when the, the what do they call it i've lost the thought of it but anyways we actually did an mma show there it was rfa at the time because then rfa and lfa kind of combined and, and did their yeah. thing but pedro munoz who now fights and you know, has been fighting the ufc forever was he fought jeff current and mm. the night you know that's near the ocean and there was an inversion layer that came up over and so inversion layer is just fog and so it's all wet and so misty the, oh my god so that that vinyl canvas can whatever it was vinyl covering was like ice and i felt you know i was the referee and it was like horrible to be in there and i was almost going to call the fight almost going to call it but they ended up on the ground a lot and they would you know you know you, you watch a guy he's in garden he slips all over yeah. the, the, the fence based yeah. upon it's you know and i had guys in there every round Try, trying to dry it off and stuff it would and you look and you go and that's why you don't use vinyl it yep. was horrible it would have been great if I, it was canvas i was there for one of my guys that i was you know, was his conditioning coach um ricardo perez and he yeah. was he was a boxer he fought there and i was there it was me and ted lucio you know ted lucio who's yeah. a cut guy now for the ufc yep. um he, he was his coach and um i was his fitness coach and kind of like his training partner and we were just good friends and I went there, and he was the co-main event for uh, Margarito versus Paul Williams. Yeah. When Paul Williams beat Margarito, what a fucking fight. Yep. 
they fucking threw down. That was probably the hands down the best boxing match I ever saw in person. Now, I know there's a lot of other good boxing matches that oh, yeah. see, I've seen on TV, right? Castillo versus Corrales. I mean, fucking, like, you, I can name a lot of top-level boxing matches I've seen on TV. But they actually sit there cage side. Or not cage side, ringside. And to hear them pop, pop their shots and just how, f- you could hear how fast Paul Williams' jab was. Just, wow, oh, yeah. wow. I was like, oh, man, it doesn't seem this fast on TV. It was fucking. It's he amazing. He was snapping that thing out there. God, I can't. Damn, he was good. You remember the guy they called the Siberian Rocky? It was, his name was Ruslan. Fuck. He was just tough as hell. This guy would come forward. He fought Tim Bradley there. It, would, mm. it ended up being the fight of the year. You know, I didn't. In, in boxing, I can't remember uh, what year it was, but somewhere probably around 2015, 2014. Man, what a fight. And I'll never forget how hard they were hitting at times. And it was ungodly the amount of damage each guy took. And it was uh, Siberian Rocky, and since I'm forgetting his freaking name, his his you know trainer was Freddie Roach. And, yeah. Uh, that was later and, on, though, right? Because Tim fought Pacquiao first. No, no. So it wasn't Freddie this, until later. No, this, this, is, this is before Tim fought Pacquiao. Yeah, oh. that's it right there. Boom. Bradley against uh oh, see he doesn't even but there he is, Siberian Rocky it says. Ruslan, yeah. Provodnikov. Oh yeah, Pro- yeah, yeah, Provodnikov. I do remember him. Yeah. Yes. Ruslan I do remember Provodnikov. Him. That's it. Yes. I didn't, I didn't want to say his name wrong. But um man, what a fight. Unbelievable. You know, and yeah. I was sitting, you know, right at this at the scores tables. Well the and it was like it was right there, and it was just unbelievable back and forth. And I could hear both corners. And Yo, uh, Yoel was um, Tim Bradley's trainer out of uh, the Inland Empire, you know, who who was with Cub Swanson a lot, and mm-hmm. uh, and he was, you know, just both. I could hear both corners saying, you know, if you don't do better in this round, I'm stopping this fight. You know? mm. And I'm thinking, you guys aren't stopping this. Fight. It is fucking no. phenomenal. But they're telling their fighters. It was just unbelievable. Look at that is right there. Yeah. What's that? Look at that is right there. Look who's right here. See the picture? Oh, oh there you go. That. Boom. Yeah, wow. When Bradley goes down. Yep. Jeez. What I thought a Tim, goddamn I thought, fight. I thought Bradley fought uh, Pacquiao twice, didn't he? He fought so Pacquiao. The, so I don't know if it was have, twice. He wouldn't have been with Freddie Roach then, right? Because Pacquiao was no, with Freddie no. Roach. No. Bradley was not with Freddie Roach. Ruslan Provodnikov was. Oh, gotcha. God, I thought yeah. you said Tim. I thought you thought you said Tim. No, Bradley, Bradley was, was like, with. Really? Uh, I, like, when I, did I he go say, there? It's uh. Go ahead. God damn. What's Yoel's last name? I'm fucking losing it. I can't remember. But hmm. yeah, he was a Tim Bradley was one of those fighters. I was like, ah, he's okay. Boy. Yeah, but then oh, every time he, I, I watched him fight, I was like, he's oh, tough as hell. He's good. He's like, tough. He's fast, hell. explosive. Like he, he was good. Nice job fighting that, that, Dave. He didn't have that, like, it factor. You know what I mean? Like, that really got people to fall in love with him, even though he seemed like a really, really good person. He's really good to listen to as far as, you know, commentary, uh, commentating on fights and everything. Yep. Does a really good him. job. Yep. Speaks really well. He um, does a lot better job enunciating his words than I do. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's great, man. I, I actually yeah. really enjoy listening to him. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. What else you got for us, Dave? All right, um, let's get uh, let's get this other one. This was a kind of more real one from Lalo. Uh, the term "casuals" 
gets thrown around a lot. Truth is, most are not hardcore MMA fans. They are hardcore UFC fans. How do you guys keep up with all the MMA world with different leagues and the up-and-comers? Well, it's very hard. I mean, i got to be honest. The other day. <laughs> it's a lot. Well, it's, it's very hard. Like, the other day, what were we talking about? We were talking about, I think we are talking about um, Faziv. And I was like, oh, what's next for him? And I said something stupid like, hey, why doesn't he fight RDA? Yeah, because he already did. I was like, and he just—he didn't just fight him. He just fought him fucking like t- two fights ago, like. Yeah. It, but that's the thing. Like, we're not only just because we cover the Bellator fights, but we also cover. We you know we we try to watch as much one FC as we can. We've got the UFC fights also, and UFC's got now like fucking 15, 16, 18 fights on a card. You get the early prelims, the regular prelims, and now six fights on the main card. It's a lot, you guys. I mean, look at look at Bellator this weekend. I think they've got a total of what eighteen fights, sixteen, 17, I think it's 18, down for something like that. Yeah. I mean, maybe you'll lose some 17. at the weigh-ins. You might lose one or two. Like the San Jose show, we ended up losing four fights. I mean, that's a lot. That's that's yep. kind of unprecedented. Like it, it very rarely happens where you lose four, sometimes five fights. But it's a lot of fights. So when you're trying to keep up with it, we just do the best we can. I love, I love, and I use the word casual. Because I know when someone, I know when someone wants to, they just want to go onto our, onto our comment section, just to say, hey, you know he fucking fought RDA fucking two fights ago. But then I also know that that person goes, wait, didn't they just fight? Let me look it up real quick. That's what they do, <laughs> and then they then they go onto our comment section and talk trash to us. So I, I've learned to after taking years and years of uh, Big John's advice and sometimes podcast days. But podcast Dave actually he goes in the comments a lot more than I do now these days. But it's it's uh you got to take it all with a grain of salt, man. Yeah, you got to take it all with yeah. a grain of salt. Just understand that these guys, they all want to say that they know more than you. When in reality, they I've forgot more than they will ever know. Anybody oh, that's gosh. fucking comment, anybody that's comment in our comment section, I've forgot more than you guys will ever know. It it's it's true. There's nothing I can say about it. John has probably forgot more than I know now. You know, and that's that's because he's been doing it for a lot longer. But I love the sport, and this is why we do it, right, John? Uh, the sport is phenomenal, and it's you know when you you take a look, look, I watch more fights than anybody I know because I watch not only what is happening, you know, on Saturday night and on you know on Friday night, and I'm going back and I'm watching not just one fight, I'm watching as many fights as I can find on someone just so I get an idea of, all right, what were the, what are they good at? What have they improved in? All those things are just things that you can come up with. And it doesn't matter how much you do in research and everything, Josh, you're going to be wrong about something. That's yeah. It's like, I love when people are like, oh, you're wrong about that. No. Okay. And you've never been wrong. You know, yeah. of course you're going to be wrong. You know, you're going to say something that, you know, Hey, you know, it ends up. No, I was wrong. You know, it's just, I'll say it when I am. It's okay. Well, an example is like I look through the Bellator card, right? And I know every single person on that prelim yeah. because we cover Bellator. We know fighters. We, we've seen them from time to time. I've sat in the fighter meetings. But when I look at the UFC prelims, I'm like, man, I don't know really any of those guys. You know, like, <laughs> I'm like, I, got, I have to sit and watch and really pay it's attention getting, to them because I don't. It's funny because it's getting harder for me because I used to know them all. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I would either watch them, I'd ref them, I would know every one of them. And now, mm-hmm. God, no. It's been too it's long. It's hard. Yeah. You know, and uh, as much as we want to follow along with as many as we can, it makes it easier for us to know the Bellator guys, especially on the prelims, because 
We've covered all their fights. I've seen them come up. I've seen their first fight in the UFC or not UFC first fight in Bellator. And sometimes I've seen their fights in other smaller promotions. Yep. Um, just through the fact that they they were they fought when I was there, you know, with a friend of mine who was fighting or whatever it was. So it's it's not easy, man. Like that's why it's hard for us to cover one because the time the time change that's yeah. one. But now that they're going to be doing their show here in the in the in in the states. It should be a little bit easier, but then you now you have to develop some sort of way of following these fighters and seeing which ones really stand out to you because which see, one do I pro- feel like has the most potential? And that's the problem, just because you think, oh man, I want to see that guy again. And it's, I'm, let's, I'm just being honest about one. There's many times where I'll see a fighter and I go, that dude's good, and then I don't mm-hmm. see him, and I don't see him, mm-hmm. and I don't see him. It's like, why are they not fighting? Did he get hurt? You know. Yeah. And you don't know because he's from the other side of the, you know, the planet and stuff as far as where he lives. Yeah. You don't get a lot of information but, on him. But that's the thing is, and when I talk about, and I've said this before, not even just about Bellator, but the media, when a major fighter in another organization gets injured, you don't hear anything. It's crickets. Yeah. I mean, like, there's nothing, like, nothing, nothing's put out about them. Like, it's, uh, it's very rare. Like, there's only been a couple fighters in one that have gotten the coverage that really keeps me in tune with like where they're at and if they're going to be back soon. Like Angela Lee went off, had a baby. Now she's back. Like we, I heard about that, but other fighters in the organization, like, um, who's the, uh, ah, gosh, the, the Indian guy, the heavyweight champ. He trains with me. Uh, oh, for one. Bular. Bull. Uh, oh yeah. Bull. Bull. Uh, Bular? yeah. So him, he, like, I didn't know why he, he hadn't fought in a long time. He was having problems with one, I guess, apparently. Contract okay. stuff or negotiation stuff or figuring out what the, what was going on. And one doesn't have a lot of fights every year. So they have started having a little couple more here and there. Yeah. But they're not, like, you know, they got onto Amazon Prime, which made it easier to view them, made it easier for us to follow them. But even still, that's difficult, man. So, Arjun. I was thinking, everyone keeps telling I just call him Arjun. Um yeah, I mean, like, he was having some issues. I hadn't seen him fight. I'm like, you're the heavyweight champ. How come you're not fighting more? But I think there must have been some contract stuff, looking for some more money. But there's a good chance that Francis Ngannou is going to end up over there. A really good chance. Huh? I mean, they're offering him a lot of money. We'll see. See what huh? happens. You and he, I think this next one from... Sorry, did you? were you still mm-hmm. going on that? Yeah. Nope. Go ahead, X. Um, Go ahead. I think Jay's question got answered on the live stream the other night about Nick Diaz and Mehem Miller. Did we talk about mm-hmm. that? I think we Go did. Ahead. Who would have uh, won? Jay asked, uh, Nick Diaz versus Mehem Miller, who would have won in their prime and why did we never get that matchup during their feud? feud? It would have there, been there, there We did, we did answer it. Yeah, but there wasn't a feud between Nick and Mehem. Yeah. No. It, was the, it was the whole scrap pack. <laughs> Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Mayhem wasn't going to fight at 170. He would have had to fight Jake Shields at 185. Yeah. So Nick was going to be the 70-pounder, and then Jake was the 85-pounder. And and either way, I think I think Mayhem would have lost to both of them. I mean, I agree. J- Jake found ways to get you to the ground. And Jake found way. And Jake, I've seen Jake compete in jiu-jitsu tournaments against oh world-class, world-class black belts and make them look average. And make them look average. I'm like, wow. This guy, I've had black belts come to me and, you know, they're just top level competitors and go like, 
dude, he has such a basic game, and and everybody that I train totally like, yeah, I could beat him. I could beat him, and then they roll with them, and they're like, I didn't. That wasn't the way I thought it was gonna go. The only he guy just, I ever there, saw. Man. He, the only guy I ever saw in competition against Jake Shields in just a grappling competition that I thought, yep, he just made he made Jake look bad was Marcelo Garcia. It was the only time I ever saw Jake look Oh, Marcelo? Yeah. I don't know if you were you saw that match or was there, but I was there oh, yeah. for it. I didn't oh, I didn't God. see that match. Just I mean there's just the way Yeah, obviously there's there's levels to the game. Yeah, well and Jake wasn't ready for it at that time. Now no. might be a little bit different. But, you know, Jake Shields, people can say what they want. It's It, it all comes down to almost like the whole Bruce Lee thing. It's not the guy with the 10,000 kicks I worry about. It's the guy with the one kick that practiced it 10,000 times. Yeah. That's Jake Shields. Basic. He's very basic in everything he does. But he's practiced it so many times. And it's what made Hicks and Gracie so fucking good was he was basic, Josh. Mm. Basic. But he was so good with those basics that you couldn't stop what he was doing, even when you knew what he was trying to get to. Yeah. Couldn't stop it. No. One of the things that I used to tell my students when I had my gyms is I would say, hey, for all the jiu-jitsu guys, I would like these guys would come in trying to do barambolo and doing all this fucking the, all this, you know, kind of just stuff. I was like, OK, I just I never really got into a whole lot. I kept kind of a basic game, but it was like I had a good half guard sweep game and half guard game period. And they, they all got good at it. But then when it came down to like, they wanted to do, you know, the other stuff, I said, look, I'm going to remind you guys, I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it. I'm saying, let's do it. I'll, I'm going to teach you guys. We'll work it. We'll do it. But don't go expecting to rely on that stuff for it to get you out of the positions that you need to, you feel comfortable in because you're getting mounted or you're getting put there because you're chasing these, these fancy moves, Positions? That's right. you end up losing your position, causing a scramble, and that scramble puts you back in bottom or back in mount or back in whatever it is. You better have I go, your basics Let down. me remind you guys. I, and it's funny because I had to bring Jake in one day. And Jake and I, and I would tell him, like, hey, Jake Shill's got four moves. And he's going to do all four moves to you a hundred times. He's going to do them all to you guys tonight. And, and he just came in and just you're not gonna stop he did them all. Of them. There's not one of them. Not one of them could stop it. It was fucking great. I, I mean, I will tell you, it used to be with Hicks and Gracie, you would roll with him and he'd say, okay, he goes, protect your, protect your right arm. Cause that's all I'm going to go for. Yeah. And he'd get it. <laughs> it's like, I ah, fucking, you, you, man, you'd be putting your left arm up, you know, taking this one, man, hiding it in your, yeah. right? nope, yep. It's going to get the one. Well, I remember John John Fitch. John Fitch had hurt himself, uh, like his shoulder or something. I can't remember what it was, elbow or shoulder. And so what he did is he just tied his arm inside his fucking in, in his gi and tied his belt around it. Oh yeah, he rolled. He, he rolled with everybody in class yeah. one day, just training with them. He's like, "Hey, I got to get better somehow. Just not utilizing my right arm tonight." And people were like, "Oh, it's kind of weird. I feel like I'm," but no one tapped him. <laughs> I was like, "You guys couldn't tap him with one arm." <laughs> uh next you got anything else for us there dave uh yeah i've got a, a couple more here uh okay, watchman okay. on the wall um watchman has three questions like i'm gonna stick to one that kind of gives us fits to show the best right analysis here um okay. but watch watchman on the wall does have a disclaimer as well 
this disclaimer, I sporadically listen to other MMA podcasts, but you guys are the only ones I have subscribed to. I enjoy your show so much and look forward to your commentary after a weekend of fights. Thank you, sirs. Question, both of you, who would win a mythical matchup between Bellator champ Usman Magomedov and Islam at lightweight? I'm going to keep myself out of this one because I already know. <laughs> uh, I'll, I got to stay out I guess of I'll, I'll answer that one. Look, right now, you have a, a difference in levels as far as, you know, just like Habib was the big brother of Islam. If they fought, Habib was going to win. He's just, and it was, it's almost a mentality thing too. Well, right now at 24 years of age, Usman is still getting better and better. And, and Islam is getting better at, at, but not at the rate that, that Usman is. But if they were to fight, it would be a very, very tough fight for Usman. Islam is he's 31 years of age, almost 32 now. He's been doing it longer. He's got more he's got more tools in the tool in the toolbox. Now, there's there's tools that Usman has that are better than you know, right now than what Islam does. His kicks are better. He's more refined in a lot of things that he does. But they train together all the time. You know, when 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 Islam was getting ready for his title fight against Charles Oliveira, well, Usman was also getting ready for his title fight against Patricky Pitbull, and you know they were training together in Abu Dhabi the entire time. Those guys know each other incredibly well. That's a fight that will never happen. But if you're going to say right now, you'd have to give it to Islam. Yes. Okay. Does I'm not saying sense? nothing. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> I'm staying out of it. Yeah, I don't blame they're both. They're both. They're both. Both unbelievable. Both extremely talented fighters. Yep. Both of them. Next. Well, here's one you can get in on Josh, um, and John. I pulled this from your Twitter. It was a reply to you, um, and I know yeah. that. Um, I think you had replied to it, and then I saw on there, uh, Andy Marta mm -hmm. had said to you that, um, in regards to that Fury FC situation, where you had said the fighter kind of continuing to go on with them. Um, with with what was happening in that Fury FC fight, wasn't um, cool. This this gentleman here replied to you on Twitter saying, "Rare L here, John," um, in <laughs> reference to the fighter being at fault as well. A few parties are at fault here, but the winning fighter is not one of them. IMO, in my opinion. Okay, and then if that, just so you get it, that IMO at the time is your opinion, and mm -hmm. you're entitled to your opinion, Andy. It's okay. I don't. It doesn't bother me in the in the least. But I don't know if you train, but I trained long enough and with enough people and I've choked enough people unconscious, be it a triangle, be it a rear naked choke, be it an arm triangle. There was not one time that I did not realize, oh, he's out when they went out. Now, it might not have been the second they went out, but you can feel it. You feel the difference in their body because their body, it just, it, the tightness stops. And you can feel that. Josh, am I, am I saying something that's not true here? No, let me answer this for you, John. Andy, okay. you're a fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but like I said, I said this the other day on our show. Andy, that it is a, this is at the end of the day, it's a sport. And that fighter being choked unconscious that long, I don't give a shit who you are. You have to have some sort of heart to, to and just realize that you could be doing brain damage to this young man for the rest of his life maybe he has kids 
Maybe he's got a wife. Maybe, you know, maybe she's pregnant. Like, those are all things that go through my mind. Like, sure, of course I want to win the fight. But at what expense? I mean, at what expense? Now, I've seen, I've seen, I can go on the other side too where I've seen idiots go like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm hitting them too many times with some shots. The ref won't stop it. And they just turn around and tap out. That's just you being kind of like you're trying to be the holier than thou person. You know, I've seen guys do that inside the cage. I'm like, what are you doing? Just take him down then, hold him down, get the submission, work your way to an advantage, whatever it is. In this scenario, this guy was, he was out so long. And I blame the ref. 100% I blame the ref. Oh, I blame the commissioner that was totally on the outside. And, but I blame the fighter also because there was a moment there where he's looking right at the fighter. As the, when the fighter fell to his hips, he's looking right and at goes the fighter. To his, when he's on his fighter, side. And he's on his side. He goes to his, drops to his hip, falls to his side. You can see there is no facial reaction. You know what that means? He's not struggling to get out. He's asleep. There's no like, oh, I'm still fighting it. There's fighters, you naturally will make that, 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 that face that says, I'm trying to get myself out. I'm doing something to fight this off. I'm pinching my shoulders. I'm pulling on the knee. Any of those things. He wasn't doing any of it. I blame the fighter too. I blame all three of them. I blame all of them. And Andy, as much as maybe like, I love the fact that you're listening to our show. I love all these things. But that was just, that's being stupid. You're taking the, the idea of a sport and you're taking it to the next level of someone really getting hurt. It's dumb. It's the dumbest thing I've ever, it's a sport. A lot, it's a not, lot it's people, not any more than a sport. A lot of people talk about, well, you know, the referees tell the fighters don't stop until I tell you to stop. And that's true. That is true. I do all the time. Every single but, fight John did of mine. Yeah. But yeah, we were just talking about John Fitch. John Fitch had a fight against uh, Josh Berkman, if you recall, in the World Series yes. of Fighting. All right. And you had a referee in there, Steve Mazzagatti, had no clue of what he was looking at as John Fitch was being choked unconscious with a guillotine choke. Mm -hmm. Mazzagatti never stopped Josh Berkman. Josh Berkman just let go. He, he realized he's out and he lets go. And John Fitch is lying there unconscious. And Josh Berkman gets up and Mazzagatti looked at him like, what? And that was just as bad as far as the referee. It didn't last as long, but he had no idea that John Fitch was out. And Josh Berkman was enough of a sportsman to say, there's no reason for me to sit here and hold on to something. He's out. I can feel it. And very rarely would I ever think that you wouldn't be able to tell when your opponent is unconscious. You feel it. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. I agree 100%, man. And I think there's, I mean, this is, uh, it's up to the refs. And that's why when I looked at the fight from the UFC with, uh, what was his name? Verta, v Vega? Who was the Vega fight? Was it? Oh, it's CJ. Vertega? CJ. Yeah. Vega, what was his name? Vergata? Uh, Vergata. Anyways, yeah. the, the CJ fight, the one that was the best fight on the card. Yep. Where the kid gets dropped, he gets dropped, sat to his ass, gets dropped again, gets beat up, runs away from his opponent because he's trying to be defensive. He's doing something smart, like John would say. He's defensively doing something smart. He lets you know that he's still in this fight because he's doing what he needs to do to survive. Um, and then he comes back and wins the fight. That's a great job by Jason Herzog. But Jason, while, Jason has been eaten alive by people online. I love him. Yeah, but Jason Herzog is probably one of the best follows on Twitter I've ever had. 
love he's it. absolutely amazing. Jace, his name's Vergara. Sorry, CJ Vergara. Yeah, CJ Vergara. And you know he ends up getting the ten. He gets ten eight in the first round. He wins ten eight the second round. Actually, wins the fight in the second round. He wins the fight. Yeah. Then he goes ten eight on the mic because the yeah. kid's awesome. The kid was awesome on the mic, doing a great job. And then I and then I get on Twitter and I see I see Jason Herzog, Jason Herzog MMA. I think is what his his Twitter handle is. Guys, give him a follow. He's fucking hilarious. But I love when guys try to like talk shit to him. Like, oh man, like how you know like how shameful that you let the fight go on that long. And I love Jason Herzog's response. Was, how much did oh, you how much make? money did you lose? How much no, did no. you bet? The guy asked how Jason, much how much did money you... did you make? Like Jason is getting paid by CJ Vergara to let the oh, fight geez. go on. Right. It's like classic. <clears throat> when I, you guys, if you guys are going to come at, at Jason Herzog, you guys better be educated. You guys better have your <laughs> shit talking skills in order. <laughs> Cause this guy is no dummy. He will spit bars at you and have you guys fucking going. What did I get myself into, John? One of the first times I watched, I, I followed him on Twitter. I was, and I was just, I was like, "There's no way this is the real Jason Herzog." Because if you meet him, he's super nice, kind oh, of like just a little kind of to himself, kind of keeps to himself, but super friendly. Carries a backpack around everywhere with himself, like. He's in the back. I'm watching him warm up before he goes out to ref the fights. Like he's in the back stretching and doing his thing. Great guy. But then I saw nope. him online, people talking shit to him about like this and that or whatever. And he's he's talking it back. And I was like, I love you for this. Don't just stand there and be a punching bag for these guys. Yeah. Screw these guys, man. Stick up for yourself. That's what everyone should be entitled to be able to stick up for themselves. And I love it, man. You better come with your A game if you're going to talk shit to him because... Yeah, like I said. yeah, the best part. Let, let's give a little background on Mr. Jason Herzog. Okay. Everyone, you know, thinks that, you know, oh, you know, how'd you get in there? Did you realize that Jason started training with Ken Shamrock when Ken Shamrock first went down oh. to Chula Vista, right? So he's a black belt in, in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu because he left that and started doing Jiu Jitsu. Phenomenal black belt. He then decides, I'm going to get a black belt in Judo. So then he starts doing Judo also, right? He is a triathlete, I mean, and a good triathlete. The guy is one hell of an athlete. And on top of that, he's one of the smartest sons of bitches you'll ever He's an engineer. The guy is just, he's fucking a stud in everything he does. And the reason why he's a great referee is because he is that smart. It takes brains to be good, and that's what he is. Where's he training at, 540? You know, now I'd be lying if I, if I knew... I don't know exactly where he was at because he was. Is he out of San was, Diego? Yes, living in San okay. Diego. Train trains his uh, Malawas and everything, so he's got uh -huh. crazy dogs. But uh, just fucking phenomenal guy. Love That's crazy, man. <laughs> he's got Malawas, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. Why is it that people that I know that live in San Diego, like uh, Jessica Penny, she's got two Malinois. Herzog's really? got two Malinois. I got two other yeah. friends that have Malinois down that live down there. I'm like, yeah. they're they are super hyper dogs. You need Whoa, to them. They? But they are freaking fierce. I heard they're awesome. I heard yeah. they're awesome, but they need a lot of attention. They are land sharks. <laughs> they are crazy. They're awesome. But uh, yeah, if you guys if you guys uh want to get some good laughs, especially after some bad uh fights or whatever it is, go to Jason Herzog MMA and he will he would love to tear you guys up. <laughs> it's so fun. Dude, I seriously don't, thought don't, for a don't second send, don't send Jason a bad uh tweet. I I thought I thought 
I thought he was trolling people. I thought it was like a troll, like trolling using Jason Herzog's name. No. And then I started following him. I'm like, wow, no, this is really you. Because there's, there's no blue check mark or anything. But I was like, this is this is really you. This is awesome. I absolutely oh, yeah. love it. I love it because oh. the stuff he was saying, he was 100% correct. Oh, yeah. I was, and I was, it's awesome. He said some great stuff. Don't, don't take him right. to a gunfight. All right, guys. Well, hey, that's going to wrap up our midweek show. We want to thank you guys for continuing to subscribe to our channel. So if you guys haven't subscribed yet, hit that subscribe button and uh, hit the little uh, bell because we draw some shows here and there in between the weeks. And, uh, you know, sometimes they're, they're fun. Sometimes they're not. But some, most of the majority of the time they're fun. Right, John? Right, most John? Most of the time they're fun. Absolutely. Most of the time. Come on. It's you and uh, me. But, yeah. We're, we're, we're fun. We want to thank you guys. <laughs> we want to thank you guys for supporting us. Go to WayneAndMerch.com, pick up some of our hoodies, sweaters, and sweatshirts or whatever they are, and hats and everything else that comes along with it. Plus, OnlyFans.com slash WayneIn. John, take us away, bud. I want to tell everyone, hey, tune in for the Bellator show. You're going to enjoy watching Daniel James and Marcelo Gome. That's going to be a great matchup. It should be exciting. And I also want to give a shout-out to Podcast Dave, who made it through this entire podcast Holding his shit together, not puking <laughs> and not crapping himself. That is a hell of that is a hell of a man right there. Made it all the way through. So everyone out there, tune in for our Saturday show. Sunday. Monday. Sunday. No, Sunday. Sunday okay. show. And we we're gonna see you.